hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And this is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 40. Happy 40th birthday, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Mate, it's great to be here. They said we'd never make it, Trevor, but 40 episodes. It's such a, such a big uh, occasion that Sony have actually thrown a party for us. It's actually the Sony Christmas party, but we're claiming it as a Two Blokes Talking Tech celebration. That's right, Two Blokes Talking Tech are live, sitting in the same room for the first time in, in a long while, uh, recording Two Blokes Talking Tech. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, including great Christmas ideas. You are listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, mate, I was on, to, on uh, techguide.com.au earlier today and I had a look at the, a very nice, big, long list of Christmas toy ideas and there's some, uh, some good advice there for everyone, isn't there? Absolutely. Well, Christmas is, uh, you know, it's a time for giving and toys are always big on people's lists, especially tech toys. There are so many great choices. Toys when, when I was a kid, I think the most techie toy I got was Merlin. Remember that Merlin <laughs> toy? Remember that toy? That was awesome, but... The toys have got a lot more advanced now. I've done a long list of the toys. Uh, one of them is this Leap Pad Explorer, which I call the iPad for kids. This thing is massive. I mean, I've seen this featured in a lot of places. I think because it is a, a nice, affordable way to get the kids off your iPad and onto something of their own, because that happens in every household. Absolutely. But not only is it good for the kids, there's so many things. It makes learning fun. LeapPad's a great brand for for, the, for young kids to learn. Uh, there's all kinds of subjects like maths, English, science, geography. They'll learn a lot about it. But sort of moving on, though, there are other toys there that are sort of maybe good big boys toys as well. I've got the AR drone, the quadrocopter, that's going to be on a few Christmas lists. And the, 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 the way to get the sense of the quadrocopter, the AR drone, is to, is to watch the video, which you've posted on, on Tech Guide, because you can't, you look at it and you go, what is this bloody thing? But you realise this is a fair income, uh, unmanned aerial device that you control with your iPhone or your iPad. It's unbelievable. It is amazing. And like you said, it's got two cameras on board that you can actually view the camera. You control it with your iPhone, your iPad and your Android device. You can view the cameras on board using those devices as well. But other gift ideas for the preschoolers, we've got Let's Rock Elmo. Now, you've got young kids, mate. They'll really appreciate this. Yeah, very thanks, very, thanks very bloody much. That's going to be on the top of the list at Santa wow. this time. There's six songs he can play. I'm sure you're going to know them off by heart by the new year. Kids can join in and play along with him. He's got a few instruments he can play. But, uh, yeah, there's also remote control copters that, that have got their little cranes and mini robots. Full list is on techguide.com.au. That's going to be a very popular choice of, of uh, toys this Christmas, the tech toys. Because there is so much out there, isn't there? I mean, you go into any big retail store now and there are there are simple little toys and there are expensive little toys and the thing you've got to worry about is uh, is the big big toys Like, and that's why I love the Leapfrog because the Leapfrog takes the kids attention away from the iPad which is a very expensive device yes. to let the kids play with so uh, you can check all of that out at uh, techguide.com.au and it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear 
Uh, Samsung and Trend Micro. We'll tell you more about those great companies through the show. Uh, and Stephen, this is a fantastic little camera. Yeah, well, this is the Samsung MV800. is a pocket uh, digital camera. Now, it's a compact camera. Uh, and like digital cameras are, are facing a lot of stiff competition today from smartphones. Smartphones have excellent cameras. The iPhone 4, the Samsung Galaxy S2, the Razer, great, great cameras. But a digital camera has to stand alone with a lot of great features and the MV800 delivers that. It's got 16 megapixel resolution, but the eye-catching feature is the flip-out LCD display, touchscreen display, which lets you take high-angle shots, low-angle shots, and self-portraits, Trevor, if you're, if you're into that kind of stuff. The th these flip-out displays have been on uh, digital SLRs and different, different those big bulky cameras for a while now. You can kind of flip them out so you can hold them above your head in a crowd and take a photo. This thing looks freakish when you look at it because of what it can do. And it's really interesting when you think about we, when we talked about the Olympus Pen series, they're, they're marketing campaign is all about you should be using a real camera and not a phone camera this is a real real um, dig at that market to say hang on a minute you can do more with an actual camera like it like this samsung um, than you can with your mobile phone because you can't do you can't you can't flip the phone out on, on the screen out on the iphone you can't you can't it's very hard on a, on, a, on a smartphone to to point at yourself and shoot different things other than what what it's what you think it's pointing and, at. and if you are shooting yourself which a lot of people do let's face it you get, you're out you want to get yourself a photo with a friend or in front of a, a some sort of landmark or you know you just very you just love looking at yourself and want to take yeah. photos of yourself but it's got a it's got a shutter on the back of the device as well so you can actually hold it in your hand there's a shutter that's on the back of the device so you can take the photo that way but what I really like about it is the editing capabilities of the pictures so it'll let you put frames on your photos you can even make there's all like face funny face features you can have as well it's got a panoramic uh, uh, view panoramic mode as well uh, it also takes 3d shots also a very small camera too six 16 megapixel resolution, so that's double what you get on an iPhone or a smartphone. So you really, if you want to invest in a compact camera, like I said, it's got to have features that your smartphone doesn't, and this has those features. How does it do the 3D? Has it got dual lenses, or is that some sort of no, smart technology? It's some sort of software working in the back end. Uh, the panoramic shot as well uh, is, is on there as well. There's also what I like too, different shooting modes. So if it's low light, if you're shooting at sunset, if you've got a strong backlight, uh, dawn, all those all those modes are supported on the camera, so you know you're going to get the best exposure, the best quality photo for those type of uh, scenes. The MV800, what's it worth around about? $299. So, Which is not a bad price, price for an amazingly featured uh, featured camera. You can check that out also at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And Two Blokes Talking Tech is brought to you by our good friends at Trend Micro. Now, Mobile Security Personal Edition for Android, really important app that's now being released. Smartphones are now the new frontier for cyber criminals. That's why Trend Micro has responded with the new Mobile Security Personal Edition for your Android smartphone. The app scanner can check each new app as it's downloaded against Trend Micro's up-to-date and expanding database so it can block any malware from infecting your phone. You can serve, call and text securely and you'll be able to keep you and your kids safe online. You can avoid unwanted contact by blocking numbers and filtering out annoying calls. And it's available now at Harvey Norman, Dick Smith and all other authorised resellers. And if you'd like more information, visit trendmicro.com.au.
Now, there's a lot of uh, lovely um, stories out there that try and uh, try and make a big deal out of little things, but there was an actual incident this week on a on an Australian airline, a, a regional express Rex airline from uh, from Lismore to Sydney last Friday, where someone's iPhone basically spontaneously combusted. Stephen, well, it was it overheated to a point where the phone actually glowed red. It was glowing red and also emitting dense black smoke. Now. That's alarming at the best of times, let alone in the middle of a flight. So I think they were on the tarmac, though. So to be fair, they were on the tarmac. No one was injured, but it was quite a scare. It's obviously something's malfunctioned with the, the lithium-ion rechargeable battery. There's a picture. I, I ran a picture on Tech Guide on my story. The phone is actually the back glass is shattered, uh, and and the centre of the of the main damage is above where the camera, uh, the uh, the battery is located on the back of the device. So it's a little bit of a worry, but a rare occurrence. Oh, I was when I read the release from Rex, it um it did make out that it occurred on on arrival. At, at Sydney, and um, and so that made me feel like the phone was on during the flight. Which so I say to him, mate, it's your own bloody fault. <laughs> and there's there's your number one reason to turn well, your phone that, off in that, flight. That's a very good point. But you, you, I think if he's turned it on when they've hit the ground, because a lot of airlines say, okay, if you can reach your phone, turn it on. Yep. If they've just landed and it's heated up in a minute, that's something something's wrong there. He, I think you're right. He must have had it on the whole time. So. It's it's not real. You can't really say it's his own fault. He didn't make his yeah. iPhone heat up. Just an unfortunate incident. But um, you know, Rex, they had to follow procedure. They did that. They handed over to the device over to the Australian Transport Safety Bureau as well as uh, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. And apparently, Apple have released a statement saying that they're co cooperating with the investigation. I suppose they're just as curious as anybody to find out what went wrong. But the number one thing is this: not, not there's no cause to be alarmist about iPhone fours here. This is a one-off. And look, things do malfunction in the manufacturing process. Dell and Sony have had much bigger problems with batteries in the past. And in fact, General Motors right now in the US have have a real problem with their their Volt, the new electric car, which is coming to Australia under the Holden brand, which. Um, they've been through crash tests and two weeks or several days after the crash test the things are exploding into flames so there's a lot of work to go into battery technology still but um, yeah, I think well. we'll be fine and I don't think there's an actual problem with the iPhone the, the laptop the laptop recall was quite a big one actually where our, our, our friends here at Sony were, were one of the because the, they manufacture a lot of lithium-ion batteries yes. unfortunately that was quite a recall this was back in 2008 I think where there was something like 400,000 devices worldwide recalled so uh, it's not an isolated incident. Hopefully, it's a very rare incident, but uh, one that was a little bit frightening, especially on a flight. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we know we all love our social networks, and apparently, so do bosses who screen applicants for their jobs. Uh, Spies! Yeah, well, Telstra released a really interesting survey which revealed that half of Australian bosses. Screen, like they view, use Facebook and Twitter and social networks to screen their job applicants. And half of these bosses, so half of those surveyed, said they've turned down applicants based on what they've seen on the social networking site. So it really goes to show that really got to be careful what we share on these social networks. And, and I think it, it also it's another good lesson to people not to take everything for granted. Privacy is a very easy thing, in my opinion, to, to change and, and modify on Facebook. Frankly, no one should be able to see on Facebook anything on your profile unless they are a friend of yours. There are settings to make it so that friends of friends can see it. I don't like that even because then all it takes is for one friend 
friend to be in the media or to be a friend of the new boss and you've got yourself access. So make it so that only your friends can see your data. And, and also, that what a new feature that they've got is you can actually restrict it so now only friends of friends can ask you to be their friend. Which, which restricts just random people yeah. adding you on Facebook. That's true. Now, well, this is well, we know privacy has always been an issue. I think the lesson here is don't have your boss as your friend because they can not only check out what you've been up to on the weekend, the survey also revealed that they can, need your, they can monitor your productivity while you're at work. So if they see you're hammering Facebook during office hours, they're going to know that you're not working. But on the other side of that, like as far as screening applicants, it should be pointed out, that there were a, a quite a large number of applicants who did get the job based on what their social network so that just showed them to be responsible sensible people so there were some who didn't get the job but there actually were some who did score the, their new job because of what they had on Facebook because you think about Twitter as well you know you could find an advocate for certain things or for the business or for the for the for the way of life or the values of the organization based on what people are publicly saying on Twitter so it's it's not to say you shouldn't use social networks just to say that always remember that a lot of other people might be looking at it I think that's yeah, well that's true I, I posted a link to my story that I had on on uh, tech guide on Facebook and someone commented, a friend of mine commented really, really cleverly. He said, look, my boss isn't my friend on Facebook anyway, but just in case he is, I love my job and I love my boss. So I had quite a laugh about that. He commented uh, on my story. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of lessons to be learned here. Like, I've I, like, I got, I got a couple of teenage kids and I tell them, think twice about what you post on Facebook. I showed them this survey because they're going to be entering the workforce in the years to come. And uh, the last thing we'd want is for something stupid that they put on Facebook to cost them an opportunity in the future. It's bloody good advice. And for all parents, you should take the time to sit down and have that conversation with your kids. Mate, we've got a rule in my household, and I'm, I don't know, your kids aren't old enough to be on Facebook yet, but my, my rule in my household is my kids can join Facebook. I've got a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. My 11-year-old isn't on there yet. My two older kids, I told them, you can join Facebook. But your mother and I have to be your friends. You can never cut us as friends. We, we, just as I wanted to, I, I supervise my kids to a degree in the real world. I want to do the same in the virtual world. Uh, you know, not only what they're saying, but what their other friends are saying too. Because, you know, we can't. They can only be responsible for what they say. But you know, they can't be responsible for what their friends say. So I think it's a good idea for parents to sort of be proactive and keep an eye on their kids, especially young teenagers. Great idea and great advice from the old man dad sitting right here with me. <laughs> You're listening to Two Bikes Talking Tech. I must admit, Stephen, I've actually not... Oh, this is going to sound crazy. I've not actually used the PlayStation Move. And we're sitting here at this uh, birthday party for Two Blokes Talking Tech, the 40th birthday party put on by Sony for their Christmas Which drinks. happens to be Sony's Christmas party, yes. Yeah, but, but there is, they have set up a big Sony TV here and a PlayStation. There's some, there's some lovely ladies here playing with the PlayStation Move. Which right essentially, yes, which essentially um, reminds me of SingStar for the PlayStation, where you would sing and it would it would work out whether you're hitting the right notes and hitting the the words in the right time. But you've got to dance in time with this thing on the screen. Absolutely. It's it's a really engaging kind of kind of experience, isn't I it? I think I think we've established uh, over the course of our forty programs, Trevor, that I'm a bit more of a gamer than you are. Yeah. Okay, now I have actually played the move quite a bit. Uh, there are a few games that Move's been integrated in, including some first-person shooters, obviously the dance games. There's a lot of good sports games that you can play as well uh, with the PlayStation Move. Uh, it's very easy to set up. It's got a little camera. You do a little calibration exercise at the start you, you so it knows exactly in the room where you are. But it's just opened up the whole the whole scope of games and the fun you can have with the PlayStation. Obviously, Xbox over, over the road have got their own Kinect, which sort of uses your body as the controller. But 
Sony is backed up though by a lot of great titles, a lot of exclusive titles that they take advantage of the Move technology. Let me just ask you on the Move technology because I'm I'm curious now. They've only got the one one controller in their hand, which is the Move controller with the little little light on the end, and this game is asking them to do dance moves, right? Does does it know where their arms and their legs are, or is it just looking at the at the bauble on the end of the controller? Because Connect would look at the whole body. It does, yeah. Well, with this Move, each bauble you'll notice is a different colour. And so that way you can you know on screen which which player you are, but when when the calibration uh, occurs, you've got to actually put touch it to your belt, touch it up to your face, touch it down to your belt again. So it kind of knows where the ball was going to be in relation to your body, and it knows the sort of movements you're going to be doing. So it can it can map you in the game. So. It is fairly, it's surprisingly accurate. Yeah, I've played a lot of the sports games, including archery, really precise games, and it's really you can really pinpoint where you want to shoot your arrow. So that's an example of how accurate it can be. Fantastic stuff. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 40. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And as well as thanks to Samsung and Trend Micro, it's thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear connecting with innovation, providing with amazing uh, home and, com- and business networking products, whether it's extending your Wi-Fi network, whether it's adding Wi-Fi or, or connected devices to your network, or whether it's sharing content across your network. One of the great things you can do with Netgear technology is introduce a device like a, you could go all the way to have a ready NAS storage system on your network to share your music and your movies and your photos across the network, or you could plug a USB hard drive or a, or a USB thumb drive into the the back of a ready share capable modem and router and you can see those files across your network it's really simple technology that allows you and your family to interact together share files share photos share videos and it's a wonderful new new way of, uh, of integrating your, uh, your your internet life across the home and across the network check out everything that to do with networking netgear connected with innovation netgear.com.au Now, we, uh, it's appropriate that we, we've been discussing the PlayStation 3. We discussed the move a minute ago. We're here at the Sony Christmas party, and I reviewed, actually, the PlayStation 3 wireless stereo headset. Now, we know gaming is quite an enjoyable experience, but it's not something that your rest of your family and your neighbours want to enjoy at the same time. Uh, you know, so this, this device, the, the Sony wireless headset, can uh, brings all that brings it all into a private experience it's even got 7.1 virtual surround sound so whether you're watching whether you're playing a game whether you're watching a movie or listening to your music you can still enjoy your playstation 3 using this wireless stereo headset now the virtual surround sound it's it is quite incredible because it actually pinpoints sounds you think sounds are coming from behind you in front of you so especially if you're playing online if you is it just tricking you is it just tricking your brain it is virtual yes it is so it's sort of putting these sounds sort of in your ear canal that you think is coming from another direction it is the way it angles it into your ear i don't know how the technology works but it is quite impressive so even if you don't have like if you don't have the luxury of having 7.1 surround sound in your home this is a great way of getting it uh it's also got a microphone so for online gamers like myself who need to talk to your teammates during your team deathmatch on call of duty or whatever game you happen to be playing so it's not only a great for the virtual surround you can enjoy that whole audio experience but you can also communicate you can talk to your teammates as well 
But the other thing is that, and that you mentioned is movies. Let's not forget that sometimes, you know, you're, you're up later than the, the rest of the family. You want to watch a really good movie. And you think of, like, battle movies and, 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 you know, war movies that have got... They actually do a wonderful job with sound in those movies. You whack it in the Blu-ray of the PlayStation, you have this thing connected. You can sit on the lounge comfortably and enjoy... Frank, I don't have a surround sound in, in my lounge room. This would be fantastic for a movie-watching experience when I'm in, on my own and want to really be immersed into that into that movie experience. I agree. It's it's only 149.95, which is pretty good price for a wireless headset. Now, there's a USB dongle that goes into the PlayStation so it can communicate, create that wireless connection. So, now, you're exactly right. Like, the Sony PlayStation 3 is probably the most popular Blu-ray player in Australia. It can also play 3D Blu-ray. So, if you've got the whole experience and you don't want to wake the whole neighbourhood up, you don't own a surround sound system, the movie soundtracks, like you said, Blu-ray, the audio quality on Blu-ray is as good as the video quality. So, a really good way to enjoy that immersive sound using these headsets, but also for the gaming experience online, you can communicate with the microphone. 149.95. I gave it four stars out of five. It, the, the only downer I found with it, it did say that it would work with most PCs. I tried it with my Mac, it didn't work. I tried it with a, a HP laptop, it didn't work. So, if you're looking at a PC headset, this might not be the one for you. But if you've got a PlayStation, this is one of the best I've heard. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, it is one of those interesting things. You'll often get a press release about, you know, a, a new release or data or something like that. I saw th- there was an amazing release this week, and you put it on techguide.com.au um, from TomTom. Now, just, just to go back a little bit, TomTom's technology is a little bit different than everyone else's in that when you're, when you're driving around with TomTom, it, it, it knows where you are, it records where you are, it records the time. It doesn't share that with TomTom unless you go home and plug it into your computer and actually choose to synchronise with TomTom. But what's amazing about their, their database is what they do is they keep that data for all the different traffic points around the city or wherever you are and and they build a database of times of days and the best best routes to take and they've announced frankly the most stunning figure in terms of the amount of data points it's it's staggering the number steve yeah well they like you said the data points are are collected anonymously uh and they've just hit the five trillion t t for trevor that's trillion for trillion so tom tom customers worldwide have actually driven in 37 countries, have travelled hundreds of millions of kilometres, 140 billion kilometres as a matter of fact, on the 30 million kilometres of road that they've mapped. So that's quite a number. And, and that, that, that information might sound, it obviously sounds impressive, but it's used then for TomTom to give you accurate information uh, uh, to, to determine the quickest uh, route depending on the time of day. So it's got all that local traffic information no matter what time of the day or night you're travelling. And that only benefits the consumer, their users, at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's 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 the one thing that I think was missing from the press release was how many times to the Mars and back or something that was. You know, they've just launched a new orbiter up to going up to bloody Mars or something. 140 billion k's. That's that that's to get you out of the solar system. Well, but isn't the solar system's measured in light years? They, that's what they should have done. They should have said 140 billion k's is like 200 light years or something like that. But it is it's amazing data, and it's all based around the IQ routes. Um, feature of your TomTom, which is a, a very easy feature to use, and it's available on all TomTom devices. But another interesting thing too they do is that they actually provide all this statistical information. They've got all this data on on network road network flow, 
and they pass it on to governments and roads authorities so that they can use that information to plan their infrastructure, their, their highways and all their roads they're going to build. They've got all this data now that TomTom Tom are providing. And let's remind people that um, that it's all anonymous too and uh, and so there's no security concerns there. You have you should have every confidence and faith that you can synchronise your device. But the other the other thing is, I, and I picked up on this when um, when they first mentioned it to me, um, it's, it's a great revenue possibility for them because they can sell to advertising companies, people with billboards, they can tell them how many people are driving past their, their billboards. They can tell them what time of day their billboards are popular. It's very interesting stuff. So that's all from TomTom. Tom, and you can check out another story there on techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech is also brought to us by our good friends at Samsung. Now, Samsung's Galaxy S2 is, is one of the most popular Android smartphones on the market. Now, it's a standout device. It's got a 4.3-inch screen, Super AMOLED Plus screen, as a matter of fact, 8.49 millimetres thin. I won't say thick, I'll say thin. It's a very thin device. It's got so many features. It's got an 8-megapixel camera. It shoots full HD video. got lots of Samsung apps as well as Android apps. One of the Samsung apps is the Music Hub. You can stream unlimited amounts of music for $9.99 a month, uh, and you can even cache a number of those songs as well. Uh, there's a really interesting YouTube video. I don't know whether you've seen this. Yeah, I have. It's great. They've kind of taken, they're taking the mickey out of all the people who lined up for the Apple smartphone. It's a very, the iPhone 4S. It's a very smart ad uh, that, that sort of just goes to show that they do have a sense of humour. But the Apple, the Samsung Galaxy S2, uh, it is, like I said, one of, the, one of the really great Android smartphones. And if you'd like more information, head to samsung.com.au. Now, um, every year, the Go- Google put out like a zeitgeist or zeitgeist or whatever the hell it's called, where they talk about the, the most popular searches of the year. They, they've kind of they've kind of missed the they missed the mark this year because two other companies have beat them to it. Yahoo Seven were the first people out this year, and I think it's a really big big fail from Google because they normally get really good publicity out of it. But Yahoo Seven have beaten them to that this year and released, I think, two very very cool lists of of um, of data from their searches. I've put both lists on on your tech life and you've put a story on techguide.com.au as well. Um, basically, what Yahoo have done is they've listed the, the top 10 search terms for the year. And you're talking royal wedding, you're talking you know all the, all the disasters we've had and all that kind of stuff. But they've also done a really good recap of the year month by month. So you can look through the year in review, actually. And the other one is Bing. Bing have uh, come out with their what Australians were looking for this year as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the Yahoo results were very interesting. And they like you said, they did break it down month by month. The year started, obviously pretty tragically for Queenslanders with the, the floods and cyclone Yasi. Uh, that was soon followed up by the Japanese earthquake. Uh, and these were obviously people were, were desperately trying to find information, uh, looking for, there was a pretty compelling video too, especially during the Japanese earthquake. But even later in the year, there's some interesting celebrities that ranked as well. Uh, we saw Miranda Kerr when she had her baby mid-year, was a very popular search term. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was an interesting one. She she occurred twice. She she broke up with Ryan Reynolds, her husband. That was a, a huge ranking story. But the other one, the more scandalous search for her was when her uh, her smartphone was hacked, and she actually uh, so there were some some nude photos of her actually shared uh, on the internet. <laughs> I just love the fact that the party's gone quiet because they're about to do some sort of announcement, and you started talking about <laughs> nude photos. It's the best thing ever to have happen. Uh, <laughs> 
Bing, the Bing results are very interesting as well. We've got well, Bing. Bing is obviously from Microsoft. Now, they've they've broken it up. I reckon quite interestingly in sort of the most the most binged Australian celebrities, the most binged person in Australian sport. Now. There's some really interesting... These are going to go up on Tech Guide as well tomorrow. So uh, some interesting results. I think the most Bing gadgets... Is it a surprise that the iPhone was the number one? The most binged celebrity, Australian celebrity, was Miranda Kerr, followed by Hugh Jackman. So some interesting results there. Yeah, check it all out at techguide.com.au. We might wrap it up for episode 40, our birthday, and we might... Uh palm off into into the celebrations here with Sony. We do thank the people at Sony for, let, Sony for letting us sit in the corner and talk to each other on a microphone, but uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, you can list, you can uh, join us at twoblokestalkingtech.com, you can download it at uh, iTunes, and you can check out everything Stephen writes at techguide.com.au and in my podcast at Your Tech Life. Stephen, happy 40th birthday. And happy 40th to you. You don't look a day over 39, but anyway, it's been a pleasure, Trevor. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Talk to you next week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long.